The Gospel according to St. John, chapter 1. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. Now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. They asked him, then, who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent questioned him, why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany, on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Tis the season to be... Mary, what was it? Jolly. How about distracted? <laughs> Tis the season to be distracted, isn't it? By all of the things that need to be done, well, that we think need to be done, right? All of the preparations, all the getting ready, all of the busyness of the season, right? And not just for Christmas, but, but family-wise, right? This is the time when all of the concerts are, right? Work, we're getting to the end of the year where there's deadlines to meet, right? And even in the days of COVID, life seems as busy as usual, doesn't it? Tis the season to be distracted. <laughs> distracted from what this season really is all about. And that's the way the world is, isn't it? caught up in all of the outward things, all of the outward preparations, and all of the festivities, distracted from what Christmas truly is all about. Distracted as to why that little child whose birth we celebrate came. But this is nothing new. <laughs> this whole distraction thing about this birth... And this one who comes is, is nothing new to this world. It was common among these Jewish religious leaders who come to John the Baptist, who should have known. Because for thousands of years, they, they had prophecies. They had them written down in their Old Testament scriptures that they knew backwards and forwards. They, they read those prophecies about that one who was to come. They heard about the head crusher way back in the Garden of Eden. They heard about the one who would come to set the captives free, who would come to proclaim good news to the poor, one who would come to, to bind up the brokenhearted. 
The one who would come to make a new covenant and that God through him would remember people's sins no more. They even heard specific details about this one who would come. That he would be born of a virgin. <laughs> even, the, even the place where he would be born was named in Bethlehem. All of these signs, all of these prophecies, all of these promises of that one who was to come, but they got distracted. They got distracted as they waited. Their focus went off of those prophecies and what God was trying to tell them and, and look forward to, and they got too caught up in the things of this life. And their idea of what this Messiah should be and, and who he should be completely changed. They were looking for a Messiah who would bring peace to the nation of Israel. A, a Messiah who would establish a kingdom here on earth. A Messiah who would bring them power and prestige in the world again. They got distracted as they waited. And by the time that forerunner of the Messiah, who too had been promised in the Old Testament, that they should have been waiting for and watching for and recognized when he came, they're so distracted that they go to ask this man questions on who he is, where he's come from, and what he's doing. Friends, distractions from that one who came are nothing new. But that doesn't mean that we're not called today to remove those distractions, to recognize them for what they are. Things that take our eyes off of our Savior, that make us lose focus of what He is all about and what He means for our lives right now, and even more importantly, what it means for our eternity. This morning, we stand alongside these Jewish religious leaders and have to admit, we've lost focus. We've become distracted by this world, our lives, our troubles, our worries, as we wait. But here we are again this morning, sitting here together, with God's word open in front of us, to hear these scriptures from so many years ago, that still proclaim the one who comes. And what we long for deep in our hearts is, is to have ourselves an undistracted Christmas in an undistracted devotion to this one who has come for us. These religious leaders are, are sent out here, these priests and Levites are sent out to, to find out what's going on with John the Baptist. But, but first, in our lesson here, we, we have these few verses that talk about what John's purpose was, why he came. Listen again, it's, it's right from verses 6 through 8, and this is the Gospel of John. This is not John the Baptist writing, so there's two Johns here. You've got the Gospel writer John, and then you have John the Baptist. He says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John, John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. All right? we, we looked at John the Baptist pretty closely last week, so we're not going to go over all that again. But he came to be that one who would point towards 
the Messiah, the one who was coming, the one who was promised for thousands of years, that one who would come to be that light. John, the gospel writer, makes it very clear John the Baptist wasn't that light. He wasn't the Messiah. He was only the one who would point to it, to proclaim the one who would come. That should have been enough for these religious religious leaders who know their Old Testament scriptures well, but yet here they come. They come out and ask him. They ask him who he was, and and John freely confesses, I'm not the Messiah. (laughs) They ask him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? No, he answered. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who'd sent us. What do you say about yourself? These religious leaders... Know their Old Testament scriptures. There's no doubt about that. At first, they they obviously think maybe this is the Messiah, right? Because here he is coming and preaching with power. But John the Baptist readily declares, I'm not the Messiah. And then they say, well, are you Elijah? In some of the last recorded words of scripture in in the prophet Malachi, it talks about the prophet Elijah is going to come and preach with power. And so they're thinking, well, maybe this is Elijah. Come back from the dead. And John the Baptist says, no, I'm, I'm not Elijah. And then they say, well, are you the prophet? Right? That, that one that Moses talked about, that from among your brothers, I'm going to raise up a prophet, and you need to listen to him. And John says, no, I'm not, I'm not that prophet either. And they need an answer. They need an answer to who he is, because they've got to go back and report to their bosses who this guy is. And John tells them. He replies in the words of Isaiah the prophet. Words they should have known. Words that should have been familiar to them. I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. It's like John is saying, guys, how how do you not know who I am? Here I am in the wilderness. Here I am proclaiming the one who is to come. How do you not connect the dots between me and what Isaiah wrote? They become so distracted from what those Old Testament scriptures were saying and what they were prophesying that they completely miss out on even who John is. Well, they continue to question him. And their their line of questioning changes from who you are to, to what you're doing. They say, why then do you baptize? if you're not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet. And John's not afraid to say why. He says, I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. John says, I'm coming and I'm baptizing and I'm getting people ready for the Messiah, but but there's going to come one who is even greater, one who I I don't even have have the right to, to stoop down and 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 take care of his sandals for him. This is the one you want to be looking for. I'm just preparing the way for him. I'm getting people's hearts ready, and you are not listening. Your hearts are not ready. And how sad, right? How sad that these priests, these pastors of the day, have no clue, are completely missing what John the Baptist is saying and what this Messiah is going to come to do for them. 
Friends, they're not the only ones who are distracted, are they? What is it for you? What's distracting you? What is it that is blinding you from your Savior? What is it that's dulling that light? What is it that's keeping you from those blessings he comes to bring? Is it worry? Worry about what's going on in our world today? Worry about what's going to happen in your future? Worry about your financial situation or your health or the health of a loved one? Is worry distracting you this Christmas season? Or, or maybe it's busyness. Maybe it's I'm just so busy, I've got so many things to do, my calendar's just so full that I just don't have time for anything else. Is it the so-called busyness of this life that's distracting you from what's most important? How about the shiny, glittery things of the world? Right? The, the things that this life offers. Right? The pleasure, the entertainment. Is it that what's distracting you? From what's really most important? From what your heart really, really needs? Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's you trying to find happiness and peace and some sort of substance. Or maybe, maybe it's bitterness and anger. Maybe it's something that has happened to you that you just can't let go. And it's distracting you from, from the blessings that your Savior wants you to have and because you won't give somebody forgiveness. You're withholding that forgiveness or, or it's because of a strained relationship that, that, that is just causing you so much anger. I mean, what is it in your life that's distracting you from the Savior who comes? From all the blessings that he longs to bring to your heart and to your mind and to your life? These days of Advent are the perfect time for us to recognize what those distractions are. To do some soul searching. To take a look at our lives. To take a look at our priorities. To take a look at what is consuming me. Where's my focus? And if it's anywhere other than Christ and Christ alone, you're distracted. If you're trying to find your worth and your value and your happiness and your contentment and your peace in anything in this life or in any relationship in this life, you're distracted. You're living in the darkness. And you're unable to see the blessings that only Jesus can bring to you. This season of Advent is that perfect time for us as we prepare our hearts 
for his coming to remember why he had to come and how he came with laser focus absolutely resolutely set on you oh and there were plenty of things to distract Jesus to try to distract Jesus. There, there were plenty of things. That, as Satan was hot on his heels at every moment, trying to make him give up and just live for himself. To give up on his mission and his ministry and why he came. Oh, Jesus had plenty of opportunity to be distracted, but never once. Never once did he take his eyes off of why he came. To live for you. To live that life that was perfectly focused on God. Every moment of every day. To live that life of perfect trust in the Father's will. Every day. He came to be that one who would take all of your distractions and all of your worry, and all of your anger, and all of your bitterness, and, and all of the times that you have found your hope and your happiness, or tried to find your hope and your happiness and your contentment in things or in people rather than God, he took all those, and he took the curse of all of those upon himself. As he set out with his eyes on a cross, where he suffered for you. Where he died the death that you deserved so that you could have every blessing that he came to give. So that you could know peace, real peace. To know that your sins really are forgiven. To know that there's nothing that our God still holds against you. To fulfill that Old Testament scripture that there would be that one who would come to make a new covenant. A covenant that says God, God remembers your sins no more because they're paid for. That one who came to bring you that peace of forgiveness in your heart so that you can forgive others. So you can let go of the bitterness and the anger and find peace in your heart and peace in your relationships. This one who came for you. So that you could find in him the promise that he is with you always. Because this one not only died for you, but he rose for you and he ascended for you. And he sits at the right hand of the Father for you to assure you that there is nothing you go through in this life. That he isn't right there with you. That your Savior God knows the future. Even if you don't. Which means there's no reason for us to worry. This one came for you to take away all of those needs that we have to try to find our fulfillment and our contentment and our worth and our joy in the things of this life and to find it in him alone. To find in him those blessings that only can come from above. To find in him our true worth and our true value and our true purpose in this life. 
Friends, when we see this one for who he is and why he came, we have to let go of everything else. And to focus on him. To remove all the other distractions from those things that are keeping us from these blessings that God wants to pour out upon us and continue to find in him alone what our hearts so desperately long for and what only he can give. Friends, it's these days of Advent where we long to remove all of these distractions and to repent. To listen to that call of John the Baptist. Make a way for the Lord to come. Prepare your heart. Let him come and fill your heart with the blessings that only he can give. Come into that light and live in that light. Know that light of Christ that alone can eradicate that darkness from your heart, from your mind. Continue to come and gather around word and sacrament and meet those means of grace through which he fills you with these spiritual blessings. Friends, there are so many things in this world that long to distract us from, from what matters most. And just like Jesus, it's often the devil, isn't it? <laughs> Who's hot on your heels, trying to make you to look to yourself, to look to the things of this life, is trying to lead you into despair and worry, to take your eyes off of Christ. Friends, use these days of Advent to repent and to refocus again on your Savior Jesus and all the blessings that he longs for you to have and that are yours, full and free and graciously given. Let's remove those distractions. Let's prepare our hearts. Let's find our happiness and our joy and our peace in him alone, the one who has come to give you all these blessings, now and forever.